I'm often surprised by how long I see organizations sort of talk about self-management and, and do some minor things, but sort of stay in this you know, half-pregnant state, right? Where they, they talk about self-management, but really they're still operating with these hierarchical systems. Um, and, and often there's something in me that goes like, you know, guys, just do it. You know, it's, it's not that difficult, right? Um, you know, start changing, just, you know, upgrading four or five key processes and, and you'll be 90% there, right? Um, now, just to be clear, now don't misunderstand me, right? I'm, I'm not saying that there's, like, this is a cutty-cutter approach, right? That, you know, here are the, the five steps to self-management, right? Um, uh, every organization will go about this very differently. Um, but it is a recognition that, you know, there are a number of sort of really foundational processes that you will need to upgrade at some point to be operating in self-management, right? And among those, I think a number of them stand out. And I, I often think about it in this terms, like there's, for me, there's really five, um, five processes that I would look at pretty quickly. Um, and I think that they're relevant in most organizations. Uh, the first one is, is decision-making, obviously, right? So on what basis will you make decisions? Well, we'll no longer make decisions um, just based on hierarchy, um, and, but instead we'll use, say, the advice process or our version of the advice process or maybe in certain important decisions, consent-based decision-making, right? Um, whatever the mechanism is, there needs to be clarity of, you know, we lo no longer make decisions um, simply in the hierarchical way, right? The boss decides, we will now use this process. A second thing um, is going from job descriptions to uh, roles, right? Um, so it's ever instead of having sort of one job title, one job description, we now have all of these granular roles, right? And so um, typically the, the most important is sort of to split the roles that a manager used to have and to split those amongst ourselves, right? So what are all the roles, you know, in the box of the manager? Well, you know, it's, um, it's having a vision, it's, um, uh, it's the, the, the planning, it's the, um, you know, if there's conflict, it's recruitment, it's evaluating people, um, it's looking at the finances, it's, you know, all of these things. Well, let's look at these simply as roles and we'll distribute them amongst ourselves, right? Um, with the notion that if there's a role you no longer like, you know, you just can leave it and, you know, ask somebody else to pick it up. Or if you have too much work, somebody else can, can pick it up, right? So that's a fundamental other thing is step away from these boxes, step away from the manager box and just distribute these roles. A third is information transparency, right? You absolutely need um, everybody to have the right information to be able to make the right decision, right? Um, or, you know, to use language of previous videos, to be exposed to the right data, um, you know, for systems to be able to self-correct, you know. Um, if I don't have good information, how can I use the advice process, for instance, right? Um, and that, so that means um, typically that, you know, all information becomes public. But sometimes it also means that we need to make information more um, understandable, more everyday language, so that everybody can 
really understand it. Like often, you know, information is only understood by financial controllers. Now we need to, you know, put it in a language that everybody can understand. And in quite some organizations, um, when they step to self-management, everybody, you know, um, you know, people on the shop floor um, get trained in understanding sort of in, in basic financial literacy to be able to understand these numbers. Another aspect of that information transparency is that very often you adopt something like Slack, some sort of conversation platform that's non-hierarchical, right? Where people just subscribe to channels and, you know, people can just in that way have conversations with everybody else in the organization, can use the advice process over that platform. So something along those lines is, is typically important. Number four is performance management, right? Um, in a traditional system, it's the manager that, you know, comes from above and says, like, you're doing a good, good job, you're doing a bad job. And, um, and we now want to move to a system where there's sort of a, a, a fear, peer feedback system at an individual level, but also at a collective level, right? Where as a team, you know, we immediately get feedback from our client, you know, to, so that we can... Um, you know, self-correct very, very quickly. Right? And number five is conflict resolution, right? So in traditional organizations, if you and I have a conflict, at some point, you know, I'll just tell my boss, you know, this is not possible. You have to talk, tell to, talk to that person, right? And, and then the boss intervenes and settles it. Now we can no longer do that. And so it's really striking how um, uh, pretty much all of the self-managing organizations that I researched for the book um, they all have an explicit conflict resolution process in place. Right? Um, so these are, in my experience, the five sort of most critical processes that um, need to be upgraded relatively quickly. Right? And the interesting thing is that this is not that hard. Right? Um, you know, ways to do that are pretty well documented. Right? There's examples in my book and in other books and in you know the, the wiki um, that some people created and so we we actually know how to do these things so that's why i sometimes have this sense of impatience of come on guys you know just embrace the advice process you know come on just change your job titles you know for for roles right um and um and again i believe that in most cases you know with these sort of five processes you'll be 90 percent there um, now, obviously, take that with a grain of salt because every organization is different, right? Um, I, I've come some organizations that really had sort of particular challenges, um, right? So let's take the example of Favi. In a previous video, I talked about their structure change, right? Um, they really fundamentally needed to change their structure, and I've seen that in other organizations, to move to, you know, multifunctional autonomous, you know, semi-autonomous units that are directly facing a client. You know, sometimes you need to do these fundamental structure changes. Um, I know some other organizations where investment budgets, like, you know, who could spend how much money? Um, that was really, really a critical aspect for their particular business. And so that was something that they needed to work on quite quickly as they moved to self-management. Um, I know another very large organization, um, yeah, 180,000 people, and they were completely suffocating from these um, support functions and headquarters. Um, you know, it was just this terrible bureaucracy that these support functions exercised on the whole, on the whole business. And so they needed to change that whole aspect so that 
these support functions could no longer impose their will onto people, but were basically working on demand from people who were doing sort of the actual work. Right? Um, so for them, that was a critical thing. But for most organizations, that can wait a little bit. Um, so think for yourself, you know, I think these five are a good starting basis, but maybe it's, it's somewhat different um, for, for you guys, and then just go, go do it. Um, now, I, I realize that what I'm saying here is um, a little simplistic, right? Um, it can sound as, you know, just huff, you know, do these five processes in your self-managing. Um, uh, what about, you know, mindset? You know, what about culture, right? Um, these are just as important, and I agree, right? So what I was talking about here was only sort of, you know, the systems, the practices that need to change. But let's not forget mindset and culture. And actually, this is so important that this is what I'll talk about in the very next video. Perhaps you've noticed there is no paywall, no monthly membership to access this video series. That's because the videos live in the gift economy. This is how it works. I gift everything that goes into making the videos, my time, energy, and insights, and you get to choose what feels right to gift back. Please take a moment to reflect on what would feel good to give in return to help me continue doing this work. Thank you.